0: Today then, we're going to have a look at two more of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those are from what is mentioned regarding Al-Qareeb, al mujib Al-Qareeb meaning the one who is near al Mujib meaning the one who answers Answers and responds to the dua of the one who calls upon him And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned both of these together إن Surah Hud, Ayah 61. وَإِلَىٰ ثَمُودَ أَخَاهُمْ صَالِحًا قَالَ يَا قَوْمِ عَبُدُ اللَّهَ مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ غَيْرُهِ هُوَ أَنْشَأَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ وَاسْتَعْمَرَكُمْ فِيهَا فَاسْتَغْفِرُوهُ ثُمَّ تُوبُوا إِلَيْهِ Inna رَبِّي قَرِيبٌ مُّجِيبٌ Here it mentions that to Thamud Salih was sent and he said to them O oh, people worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you do not have any other deity to worship besides him he is the one who Raised you upon this earth And then gave you that residence upon it Seek forgiveness from him And repent to him Inna Rabbi Qareebun Mujib, That indeed my Lord is near And he answers and responds And replies Al-Mujib, the one who answers and responds and replies, has not been mentioned in the Quran in other than this ayah, in Hud 61. As for Al-Qareeb, it has been mentioned in two other places in the Quran. One of them in Surah Al-Baqarah, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ That if my servants, they ask you about me, then I am near. أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانَ I reply and respond to the dua of the one who calls فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي بِي لعلهم يرشدون. Here you can see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights that he is indeed qareeb he is indeed near and the one who calls upon him from his servants, then Allah is near to him, and responds and replies, and answers the call and the dua of that servant calling upon him. وَقُرْبُ اللَّهُ هُوَ قُرْبٌ خَاصٌ مِنَ الْعَابِدِينَ الْمُحِبِّينَ وَالْدَّاعِينَ المستجيبين قُرْبٌ لَا يُدْرَكُ لَهُ حَقِيقَةٌ وَإِنَّمَا تُعْلَمُ آثَارُهُ مِنْ لُطْفِهِ بِهِمْ So the nearness of Allah which is indicated in these ayat Is specific to the servants Whom make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala They call upon him They seek aid and assistance from him And so these ayat They indicate that Allah is near to them Near to those who call upon him and make dua to him And also it is mentioned That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewards Those who call upon him Because dua is an act of worship Making dua Is an act of worship. Raising your hands. Calling upon Allah. It is an act of worship itself. And so Allah tells us in the Quran. That he rewards. Those who call upon him. And make dua to him. When Allah mentioned. And your Lord said. Call upon me. Make dua to me, astajib lakum, لك. that I will reply to you, respond to you, and say you dua. Inna laveena yastakbiruna an ibadati, sayedkuluna jahannamadafirin. And then Allah mentions those who are arrogant. Haughty, full of pride, and they do not do this worship, meaning from their arrogance and haughtiness and pride. They do not call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do not make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They reject the worship of Allah. Then those ones سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Then Allah tells us that they will enter the hellfire in reference to those who reject the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua itself is an act of worship. وَقَدْ ثَبَتَ فِي السُنَّةِ Ahadith wa adida. Tadulu ala qurbilahi azawajal min ibadihi il mu'mineena wa awliya'ihi il And there are many ahadith in the sunnah that indicate Allah being close to the righteous servants. Allah being close to the obedient servants to the believers, to the pious ones, to the righteous. And that Allah yasma'u dua'ahum. Allah hears their dua and answers their dua. وَيُجِيبُ وَيُعْطِيهِمْ Allah hears them and replies to them and gives them what they ask for. ففي الصحيحين عن أبي موسى الأشعري رضي الله عنه قال It is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Abu Musa الأشعري رضي الله عنه قال كنا مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في سفر he said on one occasion we were with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi on a journey. فَجَعَلَ النَّاسُ يَجْهَرُونَ بِالتَّكْبِيرُ And the people they began to raise their voices in saying Allahu Akbar فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said to them اِرْبَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِكُمْ that take it easy on yourselves اِنَّكُمْ لَيْسَ تَدْعُونَ أَصَمَّ وَلَا غَئِبًا that you are not calling upon the one who cannot hear you or is absent اِنَّكُمْ تَدْعُونَ samian قَرِيبًا Rather you are calling upon the one who hears and is near. سَمِيعًا qariba. He hears you and he is near. وَهُوَ معكم. And he is with you. He is with you. ma'akum. Wa And in another hadith, in Al Bukhari and Muslim, hadith of Abu Hurairah, Rabi Allahu anhu, and in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, call Allahu Azza wa Jal, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. So this is a hadith udsi. There are certain types of hadith that are known as hadith Qudsi and they are in English you may say the sacred hadith and those types of hadith are the ones where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa narrates directly from Allah It is the statement of Allah that is being mentioned as the hadith. So here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is narrating to us the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Allah said من تقرب Shibran شبرا تقربت Ilayhi ذراع that whomsoever Draws near to me a handspan, then I draw near to him an armspan span. Tapa rub to eleihi baan, nah, man tapa rubba eleiya veraan, tapa baan, wa ether akabala eleiya Yamshi akabal to eleihi so then it mentions the one who comes close to me with a handspan or the armspan, then I come to him with the larger quantity mentioned. Meaning, Allah is telling us whatever amount a servant draws near to me, then Allah draws near to him even more with an even greater amount. And that if the servant comes to me walking, then I come to him running. And all of this indicates that Allah is near to the servants that are righteous and they raise their hands in subservience to Him and they make the dua asking for the goodness of this world and their religion, the dunya and the deen, making the dua asking Allah for righteousness. In their affairs As for the name Al-Mujib That Allah is the one who answers Allah is the one who replies and responds Then this clearly indicates What we already mentioned in a previous lesson The name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As-Sami'ah that Allah is the all-hearing. Because if Allah is the one who is al-mujib, the one who replies and responds and answers to the dua of the one who calls upon him, then certainly he must be the one who hears them, hears all of their dua, hears what every servant calls upon him with, and then replies and responds to them. And that's why when Ibrahim salam was highlighting to the mushrikun of his time why worshipping their idols was incorrect, he highlighted to them that the statues and the idols that they were calling upon Cannot reply to their du'a Because they cannot even Hear their du'a They cannot even hear them Let alone Respond and reply and answer to them And of course we know they would not be able to reply and respond anyway But on top of that they cannot hear The du'a that the mushrikun are making to them in the first place anyway too. So Ibrahim salam highlighted to them, the futility of their worship, to those idols and statues that they were calling upon. They cannot hear you, they cannot answer you, all the way up until the day of judgment, they will not do so. So how is it that you call upon these others besides Allah? Those who cannot harm you, those who cannot bring benefit to you, so Allah is the one who hears. He is the one who hears and replies and responds. Yujibu su'ala Allah answers the call of the one who calls upon Him. Walla Musliman and Allah does not reject a Muslim who calls upon him. يُحِبُّ سُبْحَانَهُ أَنْ يَسْأَلَهُ الْعِبَادُ مَصَالِحِهِمْ وَالدُّنْيَوِيَّةِ Allah loves that his servants, they call upon him, asking him for their worldly matters and their religious deen affairs, من الطعام والشراب والكسوة Maskan, whether it be from the worldly affairs that you make dua to Allah for, in terms of your food and your drink and your clothing and your homes, كما يسألونه الهداية والمغذرة والتوفيق والصلاح وَالْإِعَانَةَ عَلَى الطَّاعَةِ وَنَحْوِ ذَلِكِ And likewise, you make dua to Allah with your religious affairs, making dua to Allah for guidance. And that is something we all make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. In every raka'ah of every prayer, do you not say, al-sirat al-mustaqim. Guide us to the straight path You are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala For guidance And also You are asking Allah And you make dua for forgiveness Forgiveness for your shortcomings And that's why it's mentioned some of the scholars have mentioned it is a sunnah That when you finish using the bathroom And you exit you are supposed to say Basically that I seek your forgiveness But why would it be a sunnah For you to seek forgiveness from Allah After finishing using the bathroom Because when you are in the bathroom During that time It is not permissible for a person to be Reciting the Quran Or doing other forms of remembrance And mentioning the name of Allah etc You don't do any of that When you're in the bathroom So during that time when you're in the bathroom You are unable to do the dhikr of Allah So when you exit Then you seek forgiveness from Allah For that time that you were unable to do his remembrance, unable to call upon him in that way that you normally would do. So generally that, and generally as well, a believer seeks forgiveness from Allah for his shortcomings. وَالتَّوْفِيقِ And a believer makes dua, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for success, in your affairs, success in your religion, that Allah gives you understanding of the religion, Allah gives you grounding in the religion, that you are able to worship Him, you can remain patient upon the obedience to Allah, patient upon your five daily prayers, patient upon your Qur'an and the recitation of it. And this is something important to think about now. Ramadan is coming around the corner. So a person should think now, what have they done in regards to the Qur'an since last Ramadan? During Ramadan, the people they recite During Ramadan, the people, they are with the Qur'an. They are regularly reading the Qur'an. But since last Ramadan to now, two weeks away from Ramadan, a year has gone by. What have you done? How much have you picked up the Qur'an in the 12 months? How much have you recited in these 12 months that have gone by? Or is it the case that you have not touched it since last Ramadan? And that's a calamity. So now you seek forgiveness from Allah for your shortcomings. And you make dua that Allah gives you success in being able to implement the religion and to implement and carry out obedience Because it requires patience Being able to worship Allah Requires patience as Allah. So you make dua Asking Allah for that tawfiq To give you success In your religious affairs And also as-salah that you make dua, that Allah rectifies your affairs, gives you righteousness in your affairs, yourself and your family and the believers. عَلَى الطَّاعَةِ And that Allah aids you upon doing your worship and obedience to Him. وَوَعَدَهُمْ عَلَى ذَٰلِكَ كُلِّهِ بِالْإِجَابَةِ مَهْمَا وَكَثُرَ الْمَطْلُوبِ وَتَنَوَّعَتْ الْرَغَبَاتِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to reply and to answer no matter what the amount of request may be, no matter the different types of requests that the believers may make, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears and answers وَفِي هَذَا دَلَالَهُ عَلَى كَمَال قُدْرَةِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهِ وَكَمَال مُلْكِهِ وَأَنَّ خَزَائِنَهُ لَا تَنْفَتْ وَلَا تَنْقُسْ بِالْعَقَى And this also indicates that the dominion of Allah, the kingdom of Allah, it does not decrease... If Allah answers the du'a and gives everybody what they want, it will not decrease the kingdom of Allah whatsoever. Even if Allah was to give every one of them from the beginning to the end, Whatever they wanted it would not decrease his kingdom. And that is mentioned in another hadith Qudsi. Where Allah himself said. Ya ibadi Lahu anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum. Qamu That oh my servants, If. The first of you, and the last of you, and the humans of you, and the jinn of you, all of you were stood upon one plane, and they were to ask me whatever each one wanted. And if I was to give every person what they asked for, مَا نَقَصَ ذَٰلِكَ مِمَّا عِنْدِي إِلَّا كَمَا يَنْقُسُ الْمِخْيَطُ إِذَا أُدْخِلَ الْبَحْرِ Rawahu Muslim That it would not decrease my kingdom in any way Except the decrease of a needle being dipped into the ocean What does the needle do to the ocean water? How much does it take out? From the ocean water when you dip the needle in. Nothing. It takes nothing out of the ocean. The example is being given. To highlight that the kingdom of Allah. The dominion of Allah does not decrease. If he gives and answers the dua of all those who call upon him. Also in the sunnah. We have been told. That when you make du'a, when a believer makes du'a, he does so with firm resolve. Meaning, you do not make du'a half-heartedly. It is not the correct way that a believer makes du'a half-heartedly, not really believing it's going to be answered. You don't make du'a in that way. You make dua with a firm, resolute mindset, believing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your dua. You do not make dua with a half hearted approach. And that is mentioned in a hadith. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told us. إِذَا أَحَدُكُمْ فَلَا يَقُلْ If one of you, when one of you makes du'a, then do not say in your du'a, اللَّهُمَّ اغْفِرْ لِي إِنْ Allah, forgive me if you wish. Forgive me if you will. وَلَكِنْ al الْمَسْأَلَةِ Rather you ask with a resolute, firm request وَلْيُعْظِمِ الرَّغْبَةِ With your desire for that dua to be answered, to be large, to have a strong desire that Allah will certainly answer your dua. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَتَعَظَمُهُ شَيْءٌ Ata Because there is nothing you could ask for that would be too much for Allah. Sometimes, the reason why the scholars, they mention this now, they say this hadith indicates, or one of the things to understand is, that when you go to somebody now, you go to somebody and you want to ask them a favor. Maybe you need to borrow some money. So you go to someone and you need maybe 50,000 pounds. Some big issue has happened. So you go to that person and maybe you only say to them, I'm in trouble, I have a lot of debt, if you can maybe just give me 10 or something. Why would you not go to that person and say, I need 50,000? Because you feel shy that maybe you're burdening this person, maybe he hasn't really got that much to give you, maybe you're asking too much of him. In creation, we have that feeling, when you want to ask a favor from someone, you don't want to ask too much of them, for fear of burdening that person. But when it comes to asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no such thing, As any fear of burdening Allah. Nothing burdens Allah. Nothing burdens Allah. And that's why when you make your dua, you don't just make it half-heartedly as though you think it might be a burden. Like when you go to someone and you half-heartedly ask them, what do you think? Do you think you could maybe lend me 10,000? Half-heartedly you're asking them, thinking maybe he'll give it to me, maybe he won't. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you make your du'a, it is not only half-heartedly as though you are burdening someone. There is no burden upon Allah. You ask with a conviction in your heart. With a conviction that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your du'a. And that's what the sunnah tells us to do. It mentions, لا تقول اللهم خفلين shit. وَلَكِنْ al الْمَسْأَلَةِ Rather when you make du'a Then make it with conviction Ask Allah for what you require With conviction That you are calling upon Allah The one who answers The one who hears The one who is not burdened He gives to all those who call upon him You ask with conviction For the affair that you are asking for As long as it is an affair of halal. Of course, you do not make dua for the haram, but an affair of the halal in the worldly matters, or an affair from your religious matters, then you ask with conviction when you make dua. Many people, they may say, okay, yes, we will with conviction, but in their hearts, due to a weakness in iman, They make dua often not really believing it's going to be answered. And that's a great mistake. A believer should make dua remembering who he is calling upon. And make that dua with conviction, not weakness. Then if we can mention some of the times When your dua is more likely to be answered Of course a believer makes dua regularly, constantly But there are certain times That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us Are more likely for your dua to be answered And there are several mentioned in the sunnah One of the famous examples of that Is the last third of the night The last third of the night Before fajr It's mentioned in a famous hadith How Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. Yanzilu Rabbuna ila Sama'i Dunya. Ida Bakiya Thuluthul That our Lord, He descends to the lowest heaven, to the earth, when the last third of the night remains. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Man yad'uni fa'astajibala. Who is making du'a to me? And I will answer them Man yas'aluni fa'a'atiyah Who is asking me and I will give it to them? Man yastaghfiruni Who is seeking my forgiveness? And I will forgive them So the last third of the night Is an opportunity for du'a And Allah says in this hadith in that last third of the night when he descends Allah says who is making dua to me and I will answer them. Who is seeking forgiveness and I will forgive them. Who is asking me for an affair and I will give it to them. So that is one of the times when it is more likely for the dua to be answered another time the day of friday it is mentioned that there is a certain time within the day of friday that is more likely for the dua to be answered the scholars they differed over when exactly on the day of friday that time is when exactly During the day of Friday that time is Some of the scholars they said It is the final moments of the day of Friday Meaning after Asr coming up to Maghrib Those final moments the final time Before the sunset on a Friday Some of the scholars said that's when it is Where the dua is more likely to be answered Some of them said it is during the Jumu'ah time. During the Jumu'ah time when you come to the Jumu'ah and then the uh, khutbah occurs, the prayer occurs in and around the Jumu'ah time. The dua is more likely to be answered. Of course we know you're not going to be making the dua or speaking during the khutbah. But in the prayer for example... In the prayer you can make du'a in prostration at the end of the prayer And that actually brings us to the third time The first was the last third of the night The second on a Friday a certain time of it The third one in the prayer In the prayer making du'a For example in the prostration And for example at the end before giving the final salam, in the prostrations, you can make dua, and it's mentioned in a hadith, أَقْرَبُ مَا يَكُونُ الْعَبْدُ The closest a servant is to his Lord, is when you are in prostration. And so, as Shaykh al rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, Make du'a at that time Make du'a in your prostrations After you read what you need to read in the prayer Then make your du'a in the prostration And normally You are not supposed to use a language Other than the Arabic language However The scholars have mentioned If you needed to make a specific And particular du'a For something. And you do not speak Arabic. Then it is permissible. To make that dua in your language. Then at the end of the prayer as well. After you've done the tashahud. And all of those parts. Before the final salam. Make dua then. Before the final salam. It's a mistake that the people finish their prayer. Salaamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. alaikum. And then. Raise their hands and start making du'a Like it's become a customary practice amongst the people Salaamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Salaamu Alaikum Straight away the hands come up The du'a is not after the prayer The du'a is in the prayer The sunnah is to make du'a in the prayer It is not a sunnah that you finish the prayer Give salam then make du'a The dua is in the prayer, in the prostrations, at the end of the prayer before giving the final salam. And that is the strongest and best opinion regarding the Dubur Salawat, that it is at the end of the prayer before the final salam is given. So that is another opportunity for the dua during the prayer. Another example, before the prayer between the Adhan and the Iqama—that's another opportunity that is mentioned in the Sunnah for making du'a between the Adhan. The Adhan has gone now. Up until when the Iqama is done, that time period is also a period where du'a can be made, and it is a likely time for the du'a to be answered. Those are just a few examples And there are many other examples of certain times Where it is more likely for the dua to be answered One last thing we're going to mention today In this topic here of Al-Qareeb, al mujib That Allah is the one who is near and answers and responds A person may say That they made dua And they were making the du'a with conviction. They did it properly. They made the du'a at one of these times when it's more likely to be answered. They did everything. And yet, the du'a apparently was not answered. A person may say, I've done all of those things. I've used the specific times of the sunnah you mentioned. I've done my dua with conviction and yet after all this time I keep doing it and it's not being answered. But we've been saying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the dua of His righteous servants. But we know that there are people who make dua for something and you're not getting it. So how do we understand that? anyone sins. sins possibly sins can be a cause for your dua to be delayed or not answered anything else there is a hadith which explains that situation because many people will say but I've been making dua I've been making dua been making dua, but it's not being answered. There's a hadith which explains what is happening. In the hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, in the musnad of Imam Ahmad, the Prophet ﷺ said, مَا مِن مُسْلِمٍ يَدْعُو Dawatin لَيْسَ فِيهَا إِثْمٌ وَلَا قَطِيعَةُ رَحِمٌ إِلَّا أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ بِهَا إِحْدَى ثلاث. That there is not a Muslim who makes a dua which has no sin in it. It's a halal dua, no sin in it, not asking for something that is haram, neither asking for something which is from cutting the ties of kinship, meaning it's a halal, legitimate dua that a believer is making, then Allah will give that person one of three things. There is not a believer who makes a legitimate dua, a dua that has no haram in it, except that Allah will give him one of three. إِمَّا an and to Lahu da'watu. The first possibility obviously is that his dua may be answered. The first possibility may be that his dua is answered. Dua is answered. Second possibility is. This person may have done it properly, everything like we said, but it's not answered. Because instead, instead Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala holds back his reward for that to the afterlife. That Allah withholds that for you to the afterlife. So you will still get the reward upon that And you will still get the result of that But Allah holds that for you to the afterlife And the third possibility When you make a dua properly Everything we've mentioned But it's not answered It could be Because إِمَّا أَنْ عَنْهُ مِنَ that a person may have some equivalent evil taken away from him instead. So now imagine you're making dua for some goodness, instead of Allah giving you that goodness you were asking for, some evil that is occurring to you, some evil that is associated with you, something happening to you, Allah removes that evil from you, gets rid of that from you, and you are freed from this bad thing, whatever it was that was happening, whatever situation it was, that's removed from you. People don't think about that. You may make dua for something, Allah give me this, give me this, give me this. And you don't realize in the background how many other affairs that were causing you problems, other things, are being slowly taken away. Those affairs that were causing you problems and issues are disappearing, they've gone. And it could be as a consequence of this du'a that Allah didn't give you the exact item you were making du'a for, but Allah instead gave you the equivalent by removing some evil or bad that was occurring to you, by rectifying some other situation that was occurring for you. So that is a goodness for you that the evil or the bad situation or circumstances or whatever they were, Allah removed them from you as a consequence of this du'a. So sometimes you may make the du'a and you get that exact du'a you made. Sometimes you may not get that but Allah is reserving your reward for you till the afterlife for it. Or sometimes... It may be without you realizing that some evil has been removed from you. Some harm has been removed from you because of this dua you were making. But people often don't make those connections. They say, but I was making dua for this for so long, I didn't get it. But you don't stop to think how many situations and circumstances and bad things that were going on, they all disappeared. That has all gone. But nobody thinks about that. They say, but this thing I was asking for, I didn't get it. Maybe not, but maybe it's because Allah removed all of the hardships and harms that were linked to you from you and gave you freedom from those affairs as a consequence, equivalent to the dua that you were making. So a person should remember and don't just start saying, I made dua, I made dua, but it was not answered. Perhaps your reward is being reserved for you till the day of judgment, perhaps. Perhaps other affairs are being decreed as removed from you, from harms. Perhaps. Think about those things and don't only think about the first option that I made the dua for this and I haven't got this. There are other things. Reward in the afterlife, removal of harms, that you may have been given instead of that exact item you made dua for. So it is not befitting for a person to ever say, But I made dua, I made dua, Allah's not answering my dua. Do not say that. Yes, of course, there are other affairs, we haven't gone into them today, regarding yourself in making dua, that you should be upon the sunnah, upon obedience. If you are upon haram in your income, haram in what you are doing in your life and where you're earning your money and haram you're involved in, then you make dua. Maybe the haram actions and the sins that you are doing prevent your dua from being answered. But otherwise, if you say, but I'm not upon anything like that, then remember these three things in this hadith. Remember these three affairs it is not just about the exact item you made du'a for It could be that your reward is reserved Or that some harm is removed from you Without you even realizing As a consequence of the du'a you made So this was the chapter regarding Al-Qareeb Al-Mujib And that is where we'll conclude that chapter on And Regarding this particular class, there's a class here. Obviously, every two weeks, I'm only speaking about this class, my class. This is the last one now before Ramadan. In two weeks' time, it is very likely the first day of Ramadan is going to start on that Friday or Saturday, roughly two weeks from now. So there won't be any more classes for my classes anyway, up until after Ramadan, other than the Ramadan reminders that we do after the Tarawih prayers. We'll be doing those inshallah ta'ala Along with uh, some of the other teachers But uh, this class will now resume after Ramadan With the next Friday inshallah ta'ala Any questions up to there then? If a person makes dua for haram it is a sin If a person makes dua for haram then it is a sin You cannot make dua that Allah cuts the ties of kinship. You cannot make dua that you obtain something haram. These affairs are impermissible to do. So how can you make dua that Allah gives you the haram? That is impermissible. And it is incorrect for a person to be making dua to receive the haram. Could that person end up with that haram? Possibly. Istidraj that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows this person or opens up that pathway of evil to the person allowing him to incur sin upon himself that Allah knows the state of affairs of that person's heart so istidrajan that this person thinks his dua is being answered and in reality it is only a further trial upon him that is being opened up upon him Anybody else? Can you make du'a to, um, to Allah to not punish a certain person or have mercy on a certain person? For example, they might, you might have seen them sin to ask Allah not to punish them. Absolutely. You see a Muslim sinning, then of course you make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to conceal that person, to forgive that person, to have mercy upon that person. Absolutely. Allah is the one who forgives all sins. All sins can be forgiven if you make repentance from them in this world, even the sin of shirk. But after death, then shirk is not forgiven, but still all other sins can be forgiven. So if you see a Muslim upon sin, make dua for him. Ask Allah that Allah guides him and takes him away from that evil, and stops him from doing that evil, and Allah forgives him his shortcomings, absolutely, absolutely you make that type of dua, for your brothers and sisters, anybody else,
1: Allah can completely forgive your sin, even if you harm someone else,
0: those types of sins, the madhalim that occur between the rights of others, because there are three types overall, Sins between yourself and Allah The sin of shirk etc That is between you and Allah You must repent from that sin of shirk If you don't Then already Allah has told you Allah will not forgive you That you commit shirk with him And die upon that hellfire forever But the second type The second type The sinning that you do Which is connected with To yourself, you are sinning upon yourself, you're doing haram things, you drink alcohol, who is that a sin against? Against Allah and yourself. So those sins you repent, etc. The third type is a sin that you commit, which is connected to another person. You stole from someone, you were backbiting someone, You've done a sin which is connected to someone else. You can repent, but part of that repentance will be to return the right of that individual. And if you don't do that, then on the day of judgment, al-iqtisas occurs, that they will come to gain justice from you by taking your good deeds. And if all of your good deeds have run out, they will throw some of their bad deeds onto you. So, justice for the sins that you commit against others will definitely be served if you die not having repented or returned the rights. Anybody else? It is the the better method, it's mentioned in the Quran in many places about ihsan. If somebody has oppressed you, it is better for you, more reward for you, that you forgive that person and ask Allah to forgive that person what he's done to you. You get more reward in doing that than making dua Allah destroy this person, do this to this person, do that to this person. The ihsan that you have and the afu that you have The forgiveness And that's why some scholars they mention Allah in Ramadan now When you make the du'a Allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'afu anni. Oh Allah you are the one who loves to pardon So pardon me You love that Allah should pardon you for your shortcomings The scholars they say try to think about that When someone has oppressed you You love that Allah forgives you your shortcomings. If you are able to raise yourself to that level where you can ignore the sin or the oppression this person has done to you and instead even make dua that Allah forgives them and leaves that person upon that sin and you uh, ignore and pardon that, that is an elevation of your status more than the situation of a person making du'a against this person. May Allah do this to him or that to him. And al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said anyway, if somebody oppresses you, you should stop to think for a moment about not him and his oppression to you, but about yourself. Is it something you've been doing that Allah decreed this other person to come and oppress you? Maybe you have been Falling into a great deal of shortcomings with your obedience and worship to Allah. And so Allah decreed somebody came and oppressed you. Stop to look at yourself and your obedience to Allah. Stop to look at your own situation. Why did Allah decree this oppression to occur? Or Is there something because of me that this oppression occurred upon me? So before a person starts going into making dua against people, and it is not befitting to do so, rather make dua for them and pardon them, and that elevates your status and raises your status. And as Ibn Taymiyyah said, it will purify your heart in a way that seeking revenge never can. The one who seeks revenge will always be in that low position. Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, somebody oppresses you, and all you can think about is seeking revenge upon them and evil thoughts against them, then you will always remain in a low position. But if you're able to wipe that out, you're able to excuse that, get rid of it, that will bring you elevation that seeking revenge never can. So do not make dua against the people, look at your own state, rectify your own worship and make dua that Allah gives you a salah Gives you tawfiq, gives you goodness in your affairs. Last one, then anyone? No, because in the hadith it mentions when your children get to the age of ten, then you can uh, hit them or, or uh, you know give them some proper encouragement to pray. And so the children they start to learn to pray in that way and they know they have to pray. And at that age they may not be at the age of puberty yet so it is not actually being recorded upon them yet. But once they reach the age of puberty the idea is that they have now become accustomed to the prayer and they have now understood why they need to pray and they therefore understand the sincerity behind that act of worship. So initially that ta'dib, that uh, teaching them uh, teaching them the, the manners and uh, the, telling them to pray. In the hadith it mentions about hitting them to pray. Initially that can be done to accustom them and to teach them the importance of their prayer. But then once they reach puberty by that age then they should understand with sincerity why they need to be praying. We'll have to conclude that we're late. Insha'Allah Ta'ala we will resume then after, uh, in fact one one thing to mention, after the prayer today, I believe the brothers are here from one of the other mosques in London, Merkaz Abdullah ibn Mubarak, a new masjid is being built over there in London. Uh, Our Salafi brothers from Ahlul Sunnah building a new masjid in that area, just like this masjid here now 10, 15, 20 years ago. It was raised and established by the community and the people they gathered, they donated and the community of Muslims came together and built this masjid and here we are today now. Here we are sitting in this masjid by the blessing of Allah establishing the lessons, learning the Quran and the Sunnah and then establishing the prayer as we are about to do inshallah and in the same way our brothers in London are going to do the same. So there's uh, some of the brothers here today I believe and they are going to be doing a collection for that masjid. Uh, uh, Maybe one of them can explain the figures etc. afterwards but there is a collection that is going to occur so everybody should try to help to the best of your ability with that collection. This money that you give towards a masjid it is a form of sadaqah, jariyah that even after you die that mosque will still be there. And people will still be going in and doing lessons and learning and praying. Even after you die. Maybe hundreds of years after you die. Muslims will still be going in there praying and benefiting from the house of Allah. So you continue to gain the reward. There's a great reward for the one who builds a mosque. The promise of houses in paradise etc. In the narrations. So strive to help and aid with whatever you can. And inshallah ta'ala that is going to be carried out after the prayer I think. So we'll conclude upon that for now then and establish the prayer insha'Allah, ta'ala and we'll resume afterwards.